Hi there, thanks for joining us for the second instalment of the Deer Shed Festival story with me, Dave Simpson. I'm a music critic and writer, and as you probably guessed by my accent, a Yorkshireman, through and through. I've been going to Deershed with my family for the last decade, and it's always a tradition that we all massively look forward to. That's why it's such a pleasure to do this podcast, and to look back on the last 10 years of Deershed Festival. Last time, I caught up with festival founders Kate Webster and Oliver Jones and found out about how the festival came about, and how it became a living, breathing thing, and how it's grown over the years. You either talk about your jobs, don't you, or your kids. And I suppose it's like a sort of fourth kid in many ways. In this episode, we want to bring you the voices of Deershed, reflections from those who make Deershed what it is and come back year after year. As, as long as the Deershed keeps on going, we'll, we'll keep we'll on going there, to it. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, my favourite thing about Deershed is the carefully selected food vendors. <laughs> It was just so wonderful, it's like walking around and the kids were so free. They were all dressed up in different costumes and they were just at a, at a festival having the time of their lives. introduce you to the stars of this episode then we've got ashley holland who's been volunteering at every deer shed there's ever been i have yes i've been there from day one as it were sort of volunteered 10 years on on the trot and you know i know kate and oliver through my friend rachel who, who looks after all the arts and crafts so i saw it from the original deer shed we're also chatting to the nicholson brothers who are teenagers who've grown up on deer shed summers yes yeah we have yeah, we've been to all of them. Hi, I'm Charlie. Hi, I'm Toby, and my first deer shed was when I was three. And my first deer shed when I was six years old. I'll also be speaking to Raquel from Dreamwife, the British Icelandic punk trio, who were due to perform for a second time at Deer Shed this year. It is a bit strange not having festival season, because there's such a beautiful energy that is created during that time. Yeah, I think next festival season, people will definitely show up and not take it for granted at all. <laughs> and last but by no means least, we get the observations of comedian and regular Deer Shed performer Justin Morehouse. On stage, stripped to my waist, wrestling with a nine-year-old and shouting at my daughter, pass me the dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's moments like that you think, this is how I feed my kids. <laughs> One thing that kept coming up when we were talking was the family element of Deershed. Not just in terms of it being a festival with families and little people at the heart, but also what a unique opportunity it is to introduce kids to festivals and music. Volunteer Ashley's two children have been going to Deershed since they were very young. They have. I mean, my, my son and daughter were eight and nine. And um, my daughter's uh, volunteered the last couple of years when, where she's been old enough to do it. So they've grown up with the festival and, and you know, and it's it's a wonderful family festival. Um, you know, I, I love my live music. I'm originally from Reading, so I grew up with the Reading Festival and Glastonbury and things like that. You know, back in the day when you could buy a Glastonbury ticket in a shop, 
but no for, since an early age you know we've always taken the children where we can i've got a little real ropey little old uh, caravan if i'm honest and it just sits in storage and comes out about three times a year and one of those trips is always to do yeah. do, do you think the reading festival was that did that ignite your bug to go to festivals was that the first one you went to it was actually it was and i always jokingly say the the very first live band i ever saw i was about 12. My dad dropped me off and I walked into the Reading Festival due to meet my friends somewhere at some point. I can't remember where it was. Somewhere in a field, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in a field. And I'll never forget, I walked into the festival and the very, very first live band I ever saw was Motorhead. Blimey. (laughs) It's always good to go to a festival. It's a very, very different thing. And, you know, I, I think back to those days of Reading, you know, I could go and see, you know, 20 bands that I would love and adore, whereas to go to London to see them would, would cost me the cost of the weekend ticket. And plus the fact you were with your mates and away from home. And, and I camped in exactly the same place every year and met, <laughs> met the same people. But, I, you know, I've, I've always sung the praises of Dear Shed. I, I, whenever I'm sort of meeting people with, with, with parking anybody up, I always ask, have you been before? And if they haven't and they've got kids, I always say, I guarantee you will want to come back next year. Which is exactly and, uh, what happens, isn't it? You do like you, say, you do see a lot of the same faces every year. And I think once you go, especially if you've got kids, it, you just realise it's different to everywhere else. And it, and it is a it's a real family experience, dear shed. You know, it's not a festival that's aimed at a, a particular tiny little age group it's, it's it really is open to everybody and and you you can you know as pretty much as soon as you can i was going to say able to to walk but i've seen you see a lot of people they're very young people obviously who aren't even at crawling stage yet but they're at deer shed festival in their prams you get them that young and, and they will keep going back and back and, and loving it and growing up with it like like your two have no, you're absolutely right. It's it it sort of caters for everybody. I think it caters for all ages. Um, you know, young teenagers through to you know the teenagers that, that that are obviously getting to the point where you know they're old enough to actually drink. But in a, in a, you know, it's just got a lovely vibe. It's got a real lovely vibe to it. And I think as the festivals evolved as well, and it's obviously grown considerably in in the last ten years. It's just a nice size. It's not too big. It's not too small. I think the the changes that they've made over the years with the way things are are laid out you know with the main stage just down the hill now so you can sit on the hill and you see families sat there you know and everybody can see the stage and experience it and how great that you know there are parents that take their kids to these things and experience it because somebody like myself who loves music and who loves live music it was just a nice atmosphere for adults as well you know if your kids are happy you're going to be happy you know and I'm sure it can be quite hard graph when you've got little little ones yes but you know I just think god if your kids are happy you know and they're out all day and they're doing stuff and there's so much going on and you know they're knackered by the end of the night and sleep well then generally you're going to be quite happy as well they absolutely you? love it i mean i think i've also found the hardest bit is getting my little boy to, to you know saying well we've got to go you know it's your bedtime and they're like no yeah. it's not my bedtime you know and they would happily stay up you know until yeah. after midnight i'm sure I mean, I think in recent years that the, the revelation has been silent disco, yeah, uh, which I just yeah. think is amazing, you know, and I've, I just love it, you know, and it doesn't matter how old the kids are. It's just an amazing thing where, I don't know, you've got somebody singing along to Neil Diamond and then somebody jumping up and down to run DMC at the same time. It's just it's just a great thing to attend. 14-year-old Toby and his brother, 17-year-old Charlie, have been exposed to live music from a young age thanks to Deershed. I was interested to know if their Deershed musical education has had much influence on them in the same way Reading Festival did for Ashley. Because you, you both play music as well, don't you? 
Yeah, um, I play the violin. And I, I play the piano. Do you do it together? Do you play together? Well, we, we do occasionally. <laughs> yeah, <We> do. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. The White Stripes did it with just a guitar and a drum kit. You could maybe do yeah. it with a violin and a piano. You could become the, the, the first scariest answer to the White Stripes. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing all those groups and the artists that you've seen there, does it make you want to be, you know, is it, has, has that heightened your own interest in music and performing and playing? Oh, the, you know? oh definitely, yeah. I'd say um, uh, ever since I started to learn to play the piano, I've always wanted to, to do something with it when I was older. But going to the deer shed really sort of, helped to sort of mm. grow that motor you know the the ambition inspires you inspires me yeah to to just want to do what they do to just perform in front of people on a stage for the artists performing at Deershed how aware are they of their influence on young minds a dream wife who performed at Deershed in 2018 it's really important I, yeah, I remember doing that call to arms moment where we speak about gender, how invalid it is in our society. And for that moment, we asked you know, the younger crowd, just kids in general, if they were playing instruments. And then it was very cute. It was sort of like encouraging what you're excited about if you want to start learning guitar or if you want to start playing bass. And... Bella, our bassist, she was talking about that her dad bought her her first bass only a few years ago and that she actually started playing bass for this band. So it was sort of like, yeah, my dad bought my first bass. And I was like, oh, cute. And then she was like, yeah, that was only like four years ago. It's always important just to talk about music and encouraging people. We work with Girls Rock, which are a wonderful organization of volunteers based in various parts around the world. They put on these uh, rock camps for girls, trans and non-binary youth. And it's so beautiful what they're doing. It's all volunteer work and they're just sort of encouraging this certain group that often gets overlooked when it comes to rock music or sort of don't necessarily feel welcomed enough in it. And they're making them feel welcome and they're making them feel powerful and yeah, working on your self-esteem so that you are enough because I think often in, like, if I experience myself and my musical education, um, I was lucky enough for my parents to send me to music school when I was young, that there was so much sort of underlining pressure for women to be perfect or for girls to play the piano perfectly or to play the guitar or violin perfectly. And if you weren't perfect, then there wasn't any point that you were there. <laughs> And I found that the boys in my classes didn't even think about that. They were just playing guitar and playing a bunch of Deep Purple songs. And that's maybe the reason why a lot of girls drop out of music education or finish music education and don't pursue a career in it. I think it's life-changing for kids at a young age, being able to witness live music events, whether that's going to... A concert with your parents or jazz in the park, which my parents often took me to. I think these events, they really, they really stick in your mind for the rest of your life. And going to a festival and experiencing being free at a festival and having, you know, getting to roam around and play and see a bunch of bands and they're talking directly to you. You are valid. 
you are a human being, you know, that this kind of interaction where you can fully be yourself, I think is important for kids. I thought it was quite a special festival because I haven't witnessed a vet's festival that had that kind of lineup, like a really amazing lineup of a lot of bands who, you know, were playing most of the big festivals as well, that you could see that lineup, but in a safe environment for your kids. I thought that was pretty great. It was just so wonderful, it's like walking around and the kids were so free. They were all dressed up in different costumes and they were just at a, at a festival having the time of their lives. Chatting with comedian Justin, I started to get a sense that it's not just parents and kids who get a lot out of the family aspect at Deershed. It's often what draws the comedians and performers back every year as well. It's like no other gig that I've ever done before or any other gig that I ever do because it's a very different audience. It stretches me and I have a bit of fun with it and I, and I, and I love it. And the audience are great. I mean, it's, it's a bit like in these corona times now where... You have to kind of accept the situation, adapt to it, and just get on with it. I think if you spend your time just talking about it, it's rubbish. It can get boring quite quickly. And I've seen one or two comedians not enjoy it. And just, there's a thing about, like, in our game is, like, I'm not doing well, but I know I'm getting paid. So if I do 25 minutes, <laughs> you know, just get the job done. But I think if you make it an event, it, it's, all, it's always great. And it's also one of those festivals where about a third of the audience probably live near me because the, 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 the audience for Dayshed do come across that M62 corridor, don't they? And it's just, there's just a good vibe on in the tent. You know, the kids can be demanding sometimes and sometimes they are, you know, little gets, but some of them are, you know. I mean, if you do the Friday or the Saturday, it's different. By the time you get to Sunday, you can just see the parents frazzled look in their eyes going, we're enjoying ourselves, but we've had enough of these kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the unique things about Deer Shed. I think the, the statistic is 46% of, you know, children of the audience. I, I don't know if there's many festivals like that. I mean, it, does that really change the nature of what you do as, as, a, as a comedian? The, the fact that the, you, there's a good chance that at least half the audience are going to be very young? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not an offensive comedian, but by the same token... I never censor myself for taste or, or or anything else. But you have to be respectful for little ears. And you've also got to make sure that they have a great time because when the kids have a great time, it's infectious. You know, because that means mum and dad are having a great time wherever they're with and big parties and everything else. And I love it, me. I mean, I, I grew up not like that. I think anybody who takes the kids to a festival like this, they're really good parents. They kind of look into the future. It, I mean, it's it's similar to when I do things like the Edinburgh Festival and you see parents bringing their 12 and 30 year old kids to comedy shows. It's a great thing, you know, it's, it's such a positive thing. And my daughter's 15 now and she's been coming with me for the last few years and she looks forward to it. She's excited about it and she's got the Deershed hoodie and she wears it all year and it's kind <laughs> of a, a little thing for her. 
I mean, kids are interested in comedy. I think that they're, they're sort of finding stuff online and, and, and that sort of stuff. So they're more exposed to it and their palate is more nuanced or diverse and they're into lots of different things. There is comedy for kids and there's that kind of thing. But I think comedy for families is something completely different. It's real good fun. You know, when you get a, when you get a tent full of people laughing and it's people from three to 73, it's like, it's a bit like Dave Panto where you'll do some for the parents and the kids will not get it, but they'll love watching mum and dad or, you know, everyone laugh <laughs> yeah. their heads off. That's, yeah. that's the thing. If you can, if you can entertain a, a tent full of families for an afternoon, then, you know, you're, you're having a good time. Now, we couldn't have a podcast about Deershed without chatting about the music. Dreamwife were due to return to the festival this year, some of you can probably recall the performance from Deer Shed 9, especially you younger listeners, perhaps. We were calling it the the Glastonbury for families, you know. <laughs> it was so beautiful seeing kids just be in their element uh, at a music festival. When we went on stage to see like all the kids on their parents' shoulders and a bunch in the front, which was so cool. We had a great time doing that set. We sort of taught them the... The rock symbol? I don't know what it's called. The rock symbol. You know, the devil horns that you make with your fingers. <laughs> we were like, okay, kids, let's learn this. <laughs> and it was really fun. And the whole audience got on board and all the kids were like headbanging. And then we had one, we have one song that's called F-U-U and there's a lot of swear words. And we decided to do a PG version where I think I'm going to freak you out. So he's saying, I'm going to freak you out. And then there's a part where there's a breakdown. And we change that to, I spy with my little eye, bad witches. And people thought that was amusing, but the kids loved it. And afterwards, there's a few kids being like, bad witches. (laughs) And I just, I love that. I love that it was bad witches. Having got the perspective of one of the artists, I was keen to reminisce with our other guests about some of the standout musical moments over the years. The one that springs to mind weather-wise was the the year, I think about uh, 2017, when Kate Tempest pretty much played in a monsoon or or even a tempest, really. You couldn't make it up. I mean, it was just like the heavens opened. It was incredible. And that was one of my highlights because she did a a whole album, didn't she? And it it was making reference to rain and thunderstorms as well. And it absolutely belted it down. I I think Oliver had laid this on, actually. I think he'd put put, put a special (laughs) call upstairs, you know, or possibly done a rain dance outside the deer shed. It was just classic, wasn't it? It it was perfect. And, And she was amazing. She was amazing. In the second one, there was a great piece of synchronicity. I Am Clute headlined, and, and they had the, the Stars at Night album out. They and did. lo and behold, they play under a very, very starry, clear sky. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful... You know, I don't know if you can plan for that. You know, you can't plan that there's not going to be a single cloud in the sky, and so you're going to get this massive backdrop of the North Yorkshire skyline with all its stars out. It, it just looked absolutely incredible, and it was really great headline. I actually wrote down I Am Clue because, again, they were a band that I hadn't really heard of. And they were just amazing. They were just absolutely fantastic. Some bands just seem to suit Deershed, don't they? And I think they were one of them. You know, I think they're very, you know, Oliver and Kate are very careful in who they do book and who they don't book. And 
it, that bands always just feel right, really, at Deershed. Yeah, I, I, you know, I do think it's, it's you know, you, you, you clearly have your headline acts and then there's some, what I, you know, your local bands. I remember seeing a band called Hope and Social and they were absolutely brilliant and they're, they're a local band. But then, you know, you, you get your Billy Braggs and everything, everything were, were amazing later on. And, and I, I remember saying, um, obviously, Wolf Alice, Johnny Marr, of course, played. Yeah, that was a really good one, wasn't it? I remember that it really united the whole field. You know, I guess everybody knows those songs you know and the whole field was singing along with them same with billy bragg to be fair it was exactly the same vibe you know it really was it really was and i can remember parking people i say parking people up meeting people and going johnny Marr is going to play guitar for you tomorrow you know and i remember saying and i said that i must have said that about i don't know how many thousands of times but i just it just rolled off the tongue every time i said hello where are you from you know blah 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 and then every now and again it'd be ash get them through a bit quicker get them through a bit quicker and i just shut up and just wait them through you know but i think what's happened as well is that the the headline that acts have become more recognisable, you know. Um, you know, I remember Drenge headlining one year and um, pub- public service broadcasting. Again, a band I'd seen previously at the festival, never heard of them, and, and they were absolutely brilliant. And a couple of years downstream, they, they come back and, and they were on the main stage and they were brilliant. But I've also seen bands that have sort of stuck with me. And, and I think the band that I would name check that I saw at Deershed in, in a tent with about 25 people in, and it was a band that I'd been banging on about for ages, was Wolf Alice. And the week before, they'd played um, up in Scotland, and they'd sort of come down. And I remember saying to Ali, you know, the big Mercury Prize winners of, of last year, you know. And I remember saying, God, what are you doing here? And she said, well, we don't know, but we're here, you know. And... Um, I think the wedding present were the first band. I yeah. Don't quote me on that. And at the time, literally, there was two stages. There, there was like a main stage just in front of the deer shed. And then there was a tiny stage within the deer shed. And that's where all little arts and crafts were going on. You know, there were people making brooches and, I don't know, face painting and things like that were going on. And it was it was really small scale, but it just had this lovely vibe, this lovely feel. I, I do remember there was the odd sort of folky band. I remember seeing an American folky sort of band and the guy had like a he had a shoe with um, a broomstick in it and on the broomstick he'd screwed bottle tops Blimey. and it was like a stomping type thing oh, and the yeah. bottle tops made like a yeah. tambourine type sound yeah. I can't for the life of me remember the name of that I can't band. picture that yeah yeah and, and they were an American sort of folky band from I don't know back of beyond in America and somehow they appeared at the festival and I remember watching them and literally it was like a, a pallet stage inside the deer shed which you know you couldn't get 30 people in it you know so that was the sort of my earliest memory of the festival Has the music something that you've become more aware of and more into as you've got older? You know, I suppose you're at that age now where one of the early peaks of your music fandom, really. And then gradually it seems to it seems to play more a part in your life from about that age onwards, I think. Yeah, yeah it's like from a young age you don't notice stuff like that, but still at the deer shed there's something to do at that age. But now because we've got older, we're kind of looking more into the music. And um, two or three, four years ago, I've kind of got more into the into the music and it's it's just great really who, who have you seen at Dershed that's that's really impressed you like music yeah i was just gonna say about before um i think it was at Dershed five or six johnny marr had a had a little uh set and i remember my dad saying to me you'll regret this if you don't come and see the, see him with me 
And honestly, now, I mean, Johnny Marr, a couple of years ago, he, he was featured on the um, Glastonbury mm. headline of the, I think it was The Killers, was it? And and it was just amazing to see. I, seen I've it. seen somebody who's, who's headlined Glastonbury. It was, it was just that amazing realisation. I must admit, I don't remember any of his performance, but I remember going <laughs> yeah. to see him. Yeah, you saw him. <laughs> I think mine was probably a Carly last year. I saw him on the Sunday and I just... That was amazing. I, from then, I kind of really gotten into that type of music as well. Something I would, I'd never really thought I'd um, be interested in. He, he did a talk as well, didn't he? He did like a kind of a talk in one of the tents. I remember I went to that, and I, I thought that was absolutely spellbinding. And you think, I mean, this is just a spoken word thing, you know? And yet he's going to do a music set later. And so he did those two things on that one day. Totally different performances in a way, but really, really great. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I did see that as well, and I think it's yeah, I just think it's great that he you know did the music and talked as well, and you see more about you know what he's like. And I was, he... I was just gonna say, um, for me, I'd, I'd quite like to go into the music industry when I'm older. So it was quite interesting to understand to to sort of understand the mindset he has mm. as a as a successful musician in the industry. As you know, unfortunately, the global COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted plans for Deer Shed 11 this year. However, Kate and Oliver are busy planning for the return in 2021 with many of this year's headliners, James, Stereolab, Baxter Jury and Tim Burgess, to name a few, and they've all confirmed that they'll play at Deer Shed next year. Despite the unusual and difficult times, they managed to organise Base Camp, a socially distanced camping weekend in the beautiful and familiar surroundings of Baldursby Park, offering Deer Shed fans a little flavour of the festival this summer. It's true that you often find new affection for things once you're forced to go without them, and for many of us Deer Shed regulars, we're really missing that landmark in our summer. It's just like every year is it's similar, but it's always a bit different each year, and um, it's just got that excitement and the atmosphere is just amazing. And going with our friends and, you know, it's always like, oh, what's going to happen next year? And... Um, that's why we always go back because it is just, it's just amazing. Every, yeah. There's loads of things to do. I was going to say, growing up with some of the, the earlier ones, uh, it was always exciting to see what they'd announced the theme to be for the for the next year. I think yeah. it, it was just the fact that we were camping in the middle of a, of a field, yeah. really. Just the, <laughs> yeah. just the space we could we could and run around in. Some of the, um, the models of monsters and... Yeah. <laughs> Now we're a bit older, we're more like, oh, what? who's going to be in the comedy lineup or who's going to be doing some music? In, um... Particularly for me and Toby, it, it is something to sort of look forward to because it's, it's always at the end of the school year. Yeah. It's, it's always something to, you know, be excited about. Mm-hmm. And then obviously this year has yeah. been a little bit of a sort of Cause it's, disappointment. Um, maybe a week or two before we're like saying to our friends oh it's a week till deer shed and it's because it's the end of the year it's like we, we all say bye and then we get in the car and it's straight to deer shed you know so i suppose we miss it a bit but we know it'll, it'll happen again yeah. <laughs> hopefully next year you, you yeah. will you be both uh, both be there next year oh definitely yeah, definitely, definitely yeah Do you think there'll be a lot of 
lockdown and pandemic jokes? You know, will we have a whole era of that? Or, or do you think comedians will probably think, actually, no, it was too miserable. We're not going to tell any jokes about this. It was awful. But, I mean, the thing is, it definitely is the human condition, isn't it? We're going through at the moment. Is I mean, it will. there will be references. I mean, I don't know how many jokes. I mean... I think the shared experiences, though, will be reflected as we as we go on. I mean, I think everyone else is sick of the same things we're all sick of. We're sick of Zoom, <laughs> sick of quizzes. I, I, I coined a new phrase. It's a word you think you've heard before. It's called fatigue. Fatigue, spelled F-A-T-E-A-G-U-E, where you're so sick of talking about what you're having for your tea and you've got <laughs> fatigue. And the other one was uh, when we got sick of going out on a Thursday at 8 o'clock. I called it clapathy. <laughs> <laughs> Britain got sick of clapping. My favourite thing were those people that would go for a jog about quarter to eight on a Thursday, wherever they went. They looked like they were just finishing a marathon to bring past people clapping. <laughs> that, that, that's one of the things I've got into is the running thing. And it is such a cliche, but I, I have got into it. But I've never run before in my life, only for a you bus, you know. Running, so. banana bread. We haven't done banana bread yet. And we haven't sourdough. done sourdough. No, yeah, oh, <laughs> people have got. Everyone's doing the sourdough, aren't they? It's like Little Shop of Horrors, isn't it? it Who's is. that? It's Kevin. Kevin McGrowth in the fridge. I don't know what's going on? <laughs> Just buy some bread. <laughs> to be honest with you, I've looked at the nation. We don't need bread. No, we it's don't. One thing we don't need. We do not need bread. That's... We should have. We should have worked out how to make organic toilet paper. We'd have been much better off at the beginning of this. That'll come in very handy at festivals. Are you going to be back next year? Do you think? Definitely. Yeah, I'm there this year. I hope I'm going to be coming to the camping thing. Oh, you're doing the base camp. Brilliant. Yes. I kind of like really look forward to. I don't do them all now. I I I don't. I used to do loads of festivals when my son was growing up because he he loved them and we you know part of the deal is you can get them in and everything else. But as a kind of like teetotal fifty year old man, many of them hold no kind of attraction for me. But Deer Shed, it's really nice. Like I say, the, the food's great. Of course, I'll be there, and it's in a beautiful part of the world, and the people who work there, and you know. You know you're in a great place and you know you've got the right festival when the volunteers and the staff are the same year after year after year after year. That's that family thing again. Everyone goes back, whether it's the staff or the audience or, you know, the comedian. A lot of people go back again and yeah. again and again. And that, that's, that, that's the magic that of Deer Shed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. A huge thanks to my fellow Deer Shed goers for sharing their memories of the festival with us. Cheers to die-hard volunteer Ashley Holland, aspiring musicians Toby and Charlie Nicholson, comedian Justin Morehouse, and member of Dreamwife Raquel. Shout out also to regular Deer Shedder DJ Lucy, who let us share some of her Deer Shed vlog with you. On the next instalment of A Fallow Deer, the Deer Shed Festival story, I sit down, two metres apart, from festival founder Oliver and Deer Shed Arts Director Megan, and we chat about what the future looks like for Deer Shed and the festival industry as a whole. I think the thing that sort of struck me is how much we're doing it, not for the money, um, and how much we're doing it because it's a good thing to do and how I think people appreciate it. Um, the festival business, certainly at, at our level, is all about love, and that sounds a very hippy-dippy thing to say, but, and Deer Shed especially is about nurture. I do hope you can join us for that, and if you've enjoyed these last two episodes, please leave us a rating and review and spread the word amongst your mates. Head to the Deer Shed website for more details about next year's festival tickets, and share your own Deer Shed memories with us on social media by using the hashtag MyDeerShedStory. 
catch you next time.